we consecrate this next reflection to yours. To your most sacred heart, through the immaculate heart of Mary, through the sorrows, through the tears of our blessed mother. And we ask you, Jesus, to continue to anoint us with the Holy Spirit, that our tears truly become one in your precious blood, and this union of tears and blood being poured out upon the entire world, bringing new life to many souls. Amen. Amen. So as an intro to this song of Maria's, I think it's apropos that she's going to sing this one in the talk of tears, because simply you'll find that Maria's songs are inspired in, in very concrete circumstances. They're not, they don't just kind of fall out of the sky in a generic way. But this song was born from my sin in many ways. So I think it's fitting to start this talk on tears with this song of Maria's. Through the intercession of Father Ron, I arrived here in Georgia three years ago, believe it or not, over three years ago, and I arrived in a, in a very difficult personal situation. I had been in, in difficult situations in the Legion, but also it was more a, just a personal difficulty. I was in the final stages of preparation for the priesthood, and I knew that I was not in a good place. You know, I, was, I, I had to be honest with myself, and I was in a similar, kind of like in a shell-shocked situation. There was a lot of scandal and priests around me. I was kind of emotionally and physically distraught, broken. So, in the, in the first years of me being here in Georgia, it was nothing but easy for, for Father Maria and Lourdes. You know, I didn't, I didn't make life easy for them. And so this specific song was fruit of uh, a night I was in, on the phone with Maria. I, had just, I was in exile in Canada at the time. I had just dealt with the diocesan priest up there who was in tremendous scandal. And that kind of sent me back into my own personal wounds. And I remember telling Maria in a very harsh and cold way, you know, I'm done with this. I'm throwing in the towel. Um, I'd appreciate it if, you know, you didn't call me anymore. And, you know, I just, I'm going to sail off in the distance quietly. I'm, I was going through a real, you know, it was just, I'm done, fed up. And so this song, I know she, she went to the Blessed Sacrament that night, and she stayed hours, maybe, I don't know if it was a whole night, before the Blessed Sacrament, and this is the song that she sent me the very next day, which I have to admit, when I heard the song the first time, I said, I hate this song. Because <laughs> it pierced me, it pierced me, but then I, you know, I, as, every time I hear it, it truly has become such a powerful song for me. And I guess it's, it's a good summary of this talk, the, the power of a mother's tears. Solo me queda esperarte Solo me queda confiar Que tiene valor amarte 
te que valió la pena amar yo no puedo ir a buscarte tienes tú que regresar tiene Dios que conquistarte y por él Dejarte amar, tienes que crucificarte, morir con Cristo en la cruz. Tienes que querer clavarte, abrazado a mí. Y en mi oscuridad se luz, se mi luz. Tengo que vivir y amarte en silencio y soledad. Desencadenarte y comprar tu libertad. No he de salir a buscarte, solo te puedo esperar. Tengo que crucificarme, seguir al pie de la cruz y por amor desangrarme, abrazada a mi Jesús. God weeps for you as a father weeps for his lost children. I continue to suffer for each of you with tears and supplication before our Father, but it is the tears of Mary, the mother of God, that pierces the heart of the Father. We, meaning Jesus and Mary, are one heart one blood, one sacrifice, one victim before the throne of the Father for each of you. But the tears of a mother bring the Father to act with mercy 
when what is called for is justice. Tell my people that I weep for the world and my bride, <coughs> for you have chosen to ignore the warnings directly from the voice of my mother and all the prophets sent to you. You have chosen justice over mercy. I remember listening to these words in the Blessed Sacrament and feeling many times, I think, listening to these strong words from the Lord for me personally, I didn't know how to receive them. They seemed so strong. I could feel the love always of the Lord, His mercy, but at the same time, you know, there's, there, there was strong. I didn't know what to do. Many times I would be distraught. And, and here I, I just said, then my Lord, what can be done? Is it too late? And the Lord said, you will enter the decisive battle that can only be won by my army of victim souls. This decisive battle will bring to fulfillment the triumph of my cross. My holy remnant will ascend Calvary with me as one with the word of the cross. They will possess the power of God to pierce the dragon through the sword of the Spirit. Raise up my army of victim souls for this decisive battle. And I asked the Lord, what about your priest? And he said, my victim priest will be raised through the martyrdom of love of the holy women of God, the Maccabee mothers, the Esthers, the Judiths, the mothers of the cross. I feel that the Lord in the path has shown us the power of tears. And I think an important part of our healing process is the ability, a gift of the Holy Spirit is tears. The gift to be able to cry. And we always learn in Love Crucified that we don't hold back our tears. At every Mass we're called to unite our tears to the precious blood of Jesus and ask God the Father to pour this union of blood and tears upon the world, upon the dead souls, upon all priests, upon the most hardened souls, upon our territory of souls. And I think it's very beautiful that this talk began with Maria's song and Daniel's testimony because like Daniel said, but it wasn't only the power of Maria's tears, yes, but it is the power of all the mothers of the cross. The Lord has told us for years, the mothers of the cross, through the powers of our tears, united to the precious blood of Jesus, will raise up his missionaries of the cross. Not only raise up, bring to life, spiritual maternity we will bring to life and I feel concretely 
I love to hear Maria and Daniel's story because it concretely reveals what Maria has had to be willing to suffer like each one of us because Maria is representing every single mother of the cross. We can relate to what Maria was singing. Okay? And it was her willingness to suffer in that abandonment, one with Mary and Jesus, for a long time, that began to bring new life to this missionary of the cross that today is receiving and making his covenant. And that's just a visual of what we're all doing. And I really believe that this retreat, and we've been, I think especially in this community, the Lord has permitted a great attack and purification because something much greater is coming forth. And I was talking to Father Jordy last night, and I said, you know, Father, after the pain we've been through these past few months and very intense these past few weeks, I feel we're going to give life. After so many years of praying and suffering for our missionaries of the cross, I felt last night we're giving birth. They're coming to life. I'll start to cry. Because after a while, to be honest with you, I started to doubt. Like, did I get this all wrong? Just like the star? <laughs> it's like, where are they after so many years? Where are our missionaries of the cross? We, you know? And I feel we've had Father Ron and Father Jordy have been, you know, the pillars that have been, you know, strong. But for them too, they're to become that bronze wall for even for both of them has been a process of years of the mothers of the cross willing to undergo a lot and believe what the Lord has been telling us. And so to have Daniel making his covenant tonight is very, very significant. I want to say something. <clears throat> I have to honor my husband and I think he's here because I needed to honor him. with the whole community. And it's because if Daniel and I have been able to do the will of God in our lives, it's because we had a St. Joseph in our life that embraced us and gave us the chance to be able to do what we needed to do together. And has always been my husband allowing me to go in the, in the retreats and being able to walk the path and trusting that in, in God, in what God was doing, and allowing me to live a very special relationship with Daniel. And he has really been the protector in many ways of that relationship we have. And for that, I thank you, baby, for, for having been there, for having been so much the St. Joseph in our lives. And Because God is always a God of order, and he never brings disorder to a vocation. 
And I have to say, the Lord has done the same thing in my marriage with Peter. Like this morning, um, Jack was telling me in the morning, I was telling him how Padre Pio's house came to be. It was because my husband, years ago, the Lord told me, Love Crucified would have their first house and you would find a star in the front of the house. And in his patience and in his love and belief in me, his wife, he would drive, even though you don't see him in this community. But he is also a, the, the St. Joseph. And he would drive through what we call homestead in Miami because it's like farmland, it's homestead. And we would drive down homestead looking for a property with a star on it. That was my husband. You know, any other husband would say, she's a little crazy, I mean, you know. But he wouldn't. And you know, we never found in homestead a property with a star on it. And I doubted. And I said, that wasn't from the Lord. Years later, he comes to Atlanta with our son on a baseball tournament and comes to visit where the Higgins are moving. It's a long story, but very quickly, when he went up this house that we have, Padre Pio's house, the first thing he saw was the star on the garage door. And he never forgot because he believed more than me. And he looked and he said, I have to buy this house. This is it. This is the one. <laughs> and he did. No, listen, we were not even living there yet. We bought the land. We Don't bought we, the land. We haven't even cleared it and started building the house. We, were, we started clearing something. It was the summer. Yeah. And my husband bought the house. And so you start to see, and he, along with Mark, he blesses me every time I go on a mission. And I tell Columbia, you know, you have to be very grateful to Peter and Mark because we do. You know, they're, they're sharing us, you know. And you, for all of you that see Maria's household, <laughs> where with Adriana was there with me this morning in Maria's house. And right, she was like, she had never witnessed it. John Paul comes to me and completely unexpected has a seizure and falls straight on my leg, you know? I mean, down flat on the floor. And Adriana was like, this is all the time. This is life in the Hicken home. And so when Maria leaves, that St. Joseph is taking care of this household so she can be there. So you see, they live here. This is community. And But the beauty is, we did not plan the refuge this way. God did. And he chose the perfect family, husband and wife and family with all those special needs children to put next to a house with priests and seminarians. And whatever priest comes and whatever people come here for healing and thing, guess where their healing comes from mainly? That household. And I have to thank also, Anne-Marie has also to do, and I was telling the story to some of my sisters here today, because Anne-Marie is the one that brought those babies to our home. And it was in 2009, in 2009, our first retreat 
It was at the monastery, the first Love Crucified retreat. She called, Mark didn't tell me anything. And it was Anne-Marie that called and said, there are two very sick babies that we cannot adopt, but we thought about you guys. And those are John Paul and Joseph. And Anne-Marie is the godmother of John Paul, and Lourdes is the godmother of little Jojo. Wow. But it was all happened during the Love Crucified retreat. All this happened, and even I had an experience that related to someone that was supporting me to, uh, to adopt children that was completely, I was telling the story. I will tell you at another po point because this is not so important. But even that, like what happened during that retreat, had to do with our community and everything. Everything was planned by God, not by us. 